Hello, everyone. This is Lisa DeLay, and you're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. Today is Soul School, Lesson 151, Descending and Ascending. Today, I'm going to be reading to you from The Artist's Rule, A 12-Week Journey, Nurturing Your Creative Soul with Monastic Wisdom. This is by Christine Walters Paintner. Christine has been a guest on my show before, and I will link to that in the show notes and at sparkmymuse.com for this episode. She is a spiritual director and writes about spiritual formation, which is kind of my sweet spot, my passion area. And I thought for today, which is Ash Wednesday, 2020, I thought we would look a little deeper today. Now, this is an evergreen topic, so it really doesn't matter when you're listening. But a lot of times for Ash Wednesday and for the days of Lent, we look a little more deeply at some of the things that we might not want to see normally within us. I'm going to be reading from week six called Humility, Embracing Your Imperfections and Limitations. Humility is telling the truth about our earthiness. And I like how Christine puts that, our earthiness. While we might make mistakes, our earthiness isn't bad. It's what we are. And getting rightly acquainted with ourselves is what it means to be humble, to realize who we really are. We're fallible, we're mortal, and we make mistakes that sometimes hurt other people. But when we're honest with ourselves and with each other, and we look deep inside for that and not try to run away from it or cover it up, we can be aligned with the grace that's available to us and have grace for other people. It's when we don't have humility and we hide from our faults that gets us into all kinds of trouble. I want to also remind you that at sparkmymuse.com, there's over 320 episodes. You might not find that through the podcast player that you're listening to right now. But if you go to sparkmymuse.com, you'll find over 320 episodes that you can listen to from people from all walks of life. There's definitely Christians there. I've had my Muslim friends on, atheists, Buddhists, and people with wisdom that are from ordinary life and also people that you may have heard about who've written books or been in public life. And I thank you so much for supporting the show by listening. If you want to get more in-depth with what I'm doing and the book I'm writing right now that should be coming out next year, I want to invite you to go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse. I will write posts there and put up news. And it's just a great way to get behind the scenes and also support my show you get a weekly access pass for a dollar, and there are other rewards when you sponsor at higher levels. If there's ever a time that you think, wow, this is a great show, and I just wish I could do something to help, you can always do something to help. Whether it's recommending the show to your friends and giving them a link, sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, or sending a few dollars my way, it makes a really big difference. I now have a PayPal account that you can send money to to defray the costs of what it costs me to put this program together and keep it running every month. You can find that at paypal.me forward slash Lisa Colon Delay. That's L-I-S-A-C-O-L-O-N-D-E-L-A-Y. And I really appreciate if you could ever send money my way to defray these costs. It makes a big difference to me. 
On page 81, Christine opens with a quote from Wendell Berry. It says, And the world cannot be discovered by a journey of miles, no matter how long, but only by a spiritual journey, a journey of one inch, very arduous and humbling and joyful, by which we arrive at the ground at our feet and learn to be at home. I love this topic of being at home in and with ourselves. It's very, very difficult to learn if you've been living a shame-based sort of life or coming from that type of environment. It's also hard to be comfortable with yourself if you've experienced trauma or have had those types of emotional pains and hurts. So before I talk about humility in those terms, I want to be very careful to talk about what humility isn't, what a toxic form of humility is that we might get wrapped up in sometimes in religious or spiritual circles or from somebody who's been abusive to us. And these days, humility versus pride might have a kind of warped view at this point. Humility might seem outdated, Christine says, in our world of self-empowerment and self-esteem, and it negates much of the me-first values that our culture holds so dear. Our culture often holds dear these ideas that you should push to the top, shove everybody out the way, and get what you want, and that doing things like humble brags and showing what you've done won't hurt you or anybody else. It's when we're not comfortable in ourselves that we do things like brag and show off. When we're feeling comfortable in ourselves, we are most humble and gracious to others and ourselves. She writes, Some reservations about humility are legitimate, especially for women. Abuse of humility can encourage passivity and low self-worth. An improper definition of humility can be used as a tool of oppression that imparts fear, guilt, or an abiding sense of failure. This is often an attempt to remind people of their proper place and to keep them from challenging institutions or those who hold power. False humility also exists when people deny how good they are as a means to elevate themselves. There are different kinds of humility depending on the approach. Humility can be life-giving or hostile. Hostile humility keeps us small, and hinders full expression of our gifts. The word humility is derived from humus, which means earth. Humility is essentially about being rooted and grounded. Humility is also about truth and radical self-honesty in celebrating the unique gifts we have been given in service of others while recognizing our limitations and woundedness. I'm going to be skipping around from pages 81 to 86. And I highly recommend this book, The Artist Rule, A 12-Week Journey. It is a kind of devotional that takes you through reflections and exercises and really opens you up to new ways of thinking, new insights. She goes on on page 82. Remembering our earthiness and our human limitations is another important aspect of humility. We live in a world with so many good and worthy opportunities that we feel pulled in many directions. Humility reminds us that we are not called to be all things to all people. Instead, we are to nurture our unique gifts, 
to recognize that self-care is good stewardship of those gifts. Honoring our limits as creatures can be deeply liberating, as is surrendering our demanding inner perfectionism. How often do we resist beginning a creative project due to the fear that it will not live up to the image in our minds? Humility invites us to release those expectations and enter into the call of our gifts, knowing that it may look very differently from what we imagined. Gently and compassionately, recognizing our flaws can bind us closer to others and to God. We must have patience with the unfolding of our lives and the world and understand that God's kingdom unfolds in God's time. When we do, we discover that we are not solely responsible for saving the world. Acknowledging those limits can liberate us from our compulsions and frantic busyness and lead us toward recognizing our interdependence. In this way, each of our gifts contributes to the whole. Humility is also about welcoming those experiences that create a sense of resistance within us. Over to page 84. Humility is eliminating facades and embracing vulnerability, allowing ourselves to be seen without social convention and presenting ourselves in all of our nakedness. Thomas Merton described this humility as the difference between the false self and the true self. The fruit of humility is being comfortable with ourselves, our true selves, and being who God calls us to be, because we have let go of living up to the expectations of others. As creatures, we are made in the image of God, which imbues us with profound dignity. The reality of our nature, too, is that we each carry a brokenness that affects how we deal with others. To deny this truth is to perpetuate the suffering that comes as a result of our limitations. We each carry an array of inner voices that denounces our inherent goodness, demands an unattainable perfectionism, and lures us to fill our emptiness with compulsive behavior. Truthful living is the soul of humility. So really, humility is about honesty. And here's where we talk about descending and ascending. On page 85, Christine goes on to say, In chapter 7 of his rule, St. Benedict presents us with the ladder of humility, inviting us on a journey that involves our whole self, body and soul together. The ladder is an ancient symbol of unity and integration, reaching from earth to heaven. St. Benedict reverses our expectations, however, and describes the process of descent as ascending and ascent as descending. This is similar to the paradox of Jesus' life, of a community leader sitting down at a table with those who are rejected, a master washing the feet of his disciples. These examples provide a vision of a new order and an image of an encountering God in the most unexpected places. St. Benedict says that we ascend into humility, so our capacity for love expands. In this way, letting go often brings us to new truth. Surrendering of our false expectations allows us to see more clearly. The practice of humility also leads us to a spirituality of radical newness and reversal, the kind that emerges from a life lived at the edges. Notice this week when you were invited into 
a life-giving practice of humility. What does recognizing and embracing your limitations free you to live more fully in the creative expression of your gifts? Where do you notice your own blocks and resistance to the practice of humility? I love the tension and the paradox here. Jesus shows us a reversal and a paradox. He upturns the tables and he becomes the leader who would do the grunt work. It was really disturbing for his disciples, but he was trying to show that humility in service is leadership. It's the kind of leadership that keeps people honest and that keeps grace abounding one to another. We see this reversal, this upside down, this descending to ascend reflected very well in the Beatitudes, which are really the kind of code for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth and in our hearts, the kind of kingdom Jesus was explaining and speaking about that we can live into. Christine speaks about this on page 86. Imagine that each line is speaking to a part of you that has gone unattended. What are the places within you calling for more humility, more truthfulness, more earthiness? This speaks about Jesus in Matthew 5, 1 through 12. When he saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He began teaching them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and search for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Then she has some reflection questions. And I love this about books that have reflection questions, because if we really want to transform, we, we must start inquiring of ourselves, questioning ourselves, and seeing what we can discover inside and taking steps to make changes. Her reflection questions go like this. How might embracing your own imperfections be an act of grace and freedom? What are the limits you need to place on your energy so that you can live more fully into your gifts. Which of your, quote, small selves, unquote, those tender and vulnerable places need attention and blessing? I like how that's ended there because she talks about these places that need attending and wounds that need to be healed. And sometimes we can overlook that and that's when we don't have any connection with humility because humility is just a reckoning. It's a realignment to what's true. And sometimes that means that convictions come over us and we see sins in our life or we see things that are wounds that we need to treat and heal and link back up with community. 
that is also part of the healing process. Or we might need to ask for forgiveness. We might need to let go of habits. And the time of Lent is the time to do some soul searching. And so whether you actually practice Lent or maybe it means nothing to you, but this is a time that you can ask yourself a few of those questions. Maybe you want to listen to this episode again to see what those questions were, write them down, and and you can let me know what your answers are if you want to. You can find me at sparkmymuse.com and use the contact form or just email me at contact.sparkmymuse.com. And I also invite you to take a look at a very special event and retreat that's planned for June 5th through 7th, 2020. It's a trip to New Mexico. We're going to be spending a wonderful time there doing contemplative prayer, exploring the inner world, and taking a pilgrimage to the Tremayo site that's been a sacred place for people for hundreds of years. So I hope you'll check that out. Thank you so much for listening. May you be blessed, and I'll see you next week.